the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, an impact community impact organization. We help businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. We're located at 25 North 14th Street, downtown San Jose. Or you can reach us via the web at blackchamber.com. Well, my guest today is truly a rock star. I admire this man. I don't know anyone else. I don't know another African-American man that designs and manufactures drones. Our guest today is Mr. Ben Berry, the CEO of Airship Technologies Group. How are you doing, Ben? Carl, I'm doing very well. It's great to hear your voice, and thanks for having me on today. Well, I like your voice. You got that nice, deep, kind of Barry White voice, Ben. You know that, right? Oh, oh, thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. Well, that's a really good segue for me because, you know, I'm sure, like most other people, they want to know how you got to where you're at, Ben. So tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are, Ben, and what makes you tick. Well, you know, the the great thing about my life was, has really been my, my father, who was a Tuskegee Airman from World War II. Uh, dad, after the war, actually was the first African-American to graduate from University of Southern California in Los Angeles in the aeronautical engineering program. And from there, he was able to work in the aerospace field, the aerospace tech, uh, industry. And, of course, I, I got influenced by all of that kind of work to create uh, Airship Technologies Group. So... When you when you're inspired to do that, like what um, what schooling did you have or what type of degree besides engineering? Was it something else that you felt like I am married these two together and now I, I see the vision of this? How did that happen? Well, uh, my first degree was actually life science at the University of Portland, uh, but I went back to school and majored in computer applications management. Um, the aerospace component actually came from mentoring from my father, who was an aeronautical engineer. So we actually developed the design and, and, and uh, flying prototypes and aircraft that we sell today uh, based on his joint vision for what the uh, drone market could be. So when I see acronyms, you know, there's so much stuff is talked in the news about drones, and I see all these acronyms. I see MAV, UAV. Uh, can you explain to our, to our audience when they see or hear those things, Ben, what, what does that really mean? Well, um, most people know the small little hobbyist drones that are quadcopters or uh, quad uh, multi-rotor drones that you can buy in the hobby stores or the mall. 
Um, the UAV is Unmanned Aerial Vehicle, or UAS, Unmanned Aerial Systems. Uh, what that is, is you are controlling that aircraft while it's flying uh, through a remote controller, uh, either on the ground or a pre-programmed flight plan, so the aircraft flies autonomously. Now, that's very interesting. We we hear a lot about drones, you know, we, but they're mostly like military-related, unless it's like you're saying, the public-related. You and your group, do you manufacture drones for the public or your market is someone else? Uh, we actually manufacture drones for uh, two principal industries, uh, military defense and first responders. So when we talk about first responders, we're talking about fire, police, search and rescue, um, those kinds of uh, critical services um, that these drones actually provide long flight endurance for. You know, that's very interesting you said about first responders because that makes me think about the safety issue of like if there's fires or stuff like that. But you can actually send a drone over and maybe take a picture of it or something. I mean, is it is it such where the material of the drone itself could get burned up or, you know, how, how would a drone help in that type of um, sort of scenario? Well, uh, two things. I'm glad you brought that up, Carl. Um, our drones are actually 3D printed uh, using an ABS material that's very, very strong and hard, hardy, but very lightweight. Um, and most of the kinds of use cases or services for, for fires is really f- flying over a fire zone after the fire has been put out. Uh, we're looking for hot spots that can reignite uh, based on the wind. And so we can spot those hot spots early enough. Uh, we can get someone out there to uh, fix those. Oh, man, that's fantastic. And you you said something that's always amazed me, and I'm glad we have you on the phone, Ben. You said it's 3D printed. So tell me how a 3D printer can make a a drone. (laughs) Well, um, the thing about our aircraft, um, the entire airframe is 3D printed as one unit. Uh, so we print these vertically. That, so we stand the aircraft uh, period of design on its axis, and we start at the very bottom, just like a regular printer, but it's using um, fusion deposition modeling so that the construction of the airframe is in one piece all the way up through the wings, all the way up to the nose. And then it has to cool down uh, over a day uh, to be able to have one solid uh, airframe in which to install all the sensors, uh, the motors, and the power. Wow, that sounds like a a, a complex thing. And uh, when I think of something like that, and I think 3D printing and you're printing a drone, what size are the size of these printers to print a drone? And then how big are those drones? Well, um, the printer we use for our family of uh, drones uh, really is a three-foot by three-foot printer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now we can buy uh, 3D printers that are 10 feet wide by 10 feet tall. So in that case, you're able to print multiple airframes simultaneously uh, as, a, as a part of a production line. Do you see a lot of, you know, African-Americans in your field? And or, you know, if you don't, you know, what do you think is maybe stopping African-Americans from being in that field? Well, you know, my, my entire life, there really has not been many of us in this in this science, technology, engineering, math, STEM field. And that's a part of my mission to get out to talk to students, uh, parents, uh, because if, if I'm doing that, I, of course, I am African-American. Mm-hmm. If I look and sound like them, then they get the idea that maybe those jobs are for them as well. So 
so uh, it's it's a mission, personal mission uh, that I have to to mentor uh, more of uh, of us, uh, people who may have been underrepresented or even underestimated uh, in these kinds of fields, so that we have more of us in these fields. Man, I'm glad you said that, Ben, because for those who are listening, and, and this will become a podcast once the once the show airs, Ben is going to be our keynote speaker at our Bay Area Black Youth Techathon. Many people have heard me talk about this before, but if you haven't, it's our way of trying to get our kids inspired and engaged and, and help them sort of grow in the knowledge of science and technology because we know those things will really govern their future in some way. And Ben, with his big heart, he's decided to fly down from Portland, come all the way down to Portland <laughs> to be our keynote speaker. And I, I'm really excited about that, Ben. Is there something you want to encourage the youth to uh, look forward to and to come out for that? Well, I look forward to really uh, doing a deep dive on this particular kind of technology, but also inspirational um, presentation, uh, because it's all about inspiring people while they're young. So when they get to the hard classes in high school or even in college, they can push through those classes because they've been inspired, uh, because they know what it looks like on the other side. Man, that is so important. I mean, we live in a day where really, you know, the roof is off the top. When Obama became president, that was it. You know, you could be anything you want. You could be the president of the United States. Now, that's not saying too much about what's going on now, but uh, anyway. <laughs> well, I, I always believe that if, people, if, if youth can discover what their passion is mm-hmm. early enough and, and they act on that passion, then they are made better off because of it. The people around them are being, are, can be made better off. And actually, if you go all the way up into that passion, the whole world can benefit Man, that is such an inspiring message. Would you see or, you know, do you ever go places where you see young black girls or women, uh, you know, in this field? You know, I'm seeing more and more of uh, African-American youth, men and women, uh, coming into these uh, science technology areas. And basically, that's where the jobs are of the future. Mm -hmm. Um, They're family wage jobs. Um, and there's not enough of us in these jobs. So uh, the more we get out and talk about it and mentor uh, these youth, um, I think they, we all can, can benefit from that. Yeah, that's a very, that's a very important. You know, uh, some of our sponsors are going to be there at our event. It's Saturday, April 27th, and it's going to be at Foothill College. That's the Sunnyvale campus. And for those who would like to see Ben in person and would like to come to our Bay Area Black Youth Techathon, you can go to blackchamber.com, look under programs, and pick Bay Area Black Youth Techathon. Man, Ben, I'm excited about this. I have a lot of questions for you, Ben. I want to wait for the second half to kind of dive in some of the deep artificial intelligence stuff. So uh, because you make something like that, don't you make a little, what is it called, a micro wand, a micro drone? Well, we actually have a micro aerial vehicle. It's called the Stinger Mav for micro intelligence. Uh, it's actually been made for the U.S. Army. Think of every soldier with a drone in their backpack. Uh, the goal is for the individual soldier to be able to pull the drone out and send the drone on a mission inside of a house or into a tunnel or a cave or just over the next hill, and they can see what the drone is seeing for, um, for 
for their own safety. So, you know, these drones are getting smaller and smaller. We don't make nanos, but we do make micros and much larger drones. Man, I'm excited about that because I can just see all the applications of something like that to uh, help people and, uh, you know, save people's lives. But I also see something that, uh, you know, drones can, drones can do some harm, too. On the second half, Ben, we're going to talk about that. You're listening to Mr. Ben Barry, and this is Silicon Valley Business Connections. Bay Area Black Youth Techathon, a program that inspires, equips, and encourages black youth to study science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Bay Area Black Youth Techathon. The Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce invites parents, youth, and volunteers to attend our competition finals Saturday, April 27th at Foothill College, Sunnyvale Campus. Bay Area Black Youth Techathon. Go to blackchamber.com slash techathon for more information. And now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Ah, man, that is so, that is so apropos, Benny and the Jets. <laughs> when I think of you, Ben Barry, I think of Benny and the Jets. And, and tell me a little bit about your dad, because we really thought that would be perfect for you and, and what you said earlier about your dad. Well, my, my father's name was Ben, uh, Benny Flaps Barry. Flaps was his uh, Air Force nickname. <laughs> Actually, he was in the Corps of the Corps, Army, Army Corps of Engineers during World War II as a Tuskegee Airman. Um, but he actually developed um, initiatives after going to USC in the aerospace industry. He was first African-American to graduate from the USC's aeronautical engineering program, wow. uh, which allowed him to work in the aerospace industry. Wow. You know, when you're like a Tuskegee Airman, you know, you're you're a first in a lot of ways. You know, how many how many Tuskegee Airmen were there? Do you have any idea how many there were? Well, in 1943, America was losing um, bomber aircraft at the tune of about 60 planes a day. Uh, each plane was uh, filled with 10 crew. There was about 600 people wow. lost every day for, for months on end. Wow. And so they wondered if, if black people could fly airplanes. And so the call went out for uh, uh, African-Americans to uh, join the Army Air Corps. Some 10,000 raised their hand. And to all the testing, they whittled them down to the 1,000. And they became the Tuskegee Airmen of World War II. Wow, what what history, what history is, and you know, that says something about a people that have been uh, discriminated against that still wanted to, had came from slavery where we were definitely abused, still wanted to serve this country as he did in the Civil War and, and any other wars. I'm, I'm really proud of our folks for doing that. Now, yeah, we as a family um, received a, a gold medal of honor from President Bush. Uh, for uh, unit citation uh, for the Tuskegee Airmen. And that, before he passed away about five years ago, I actually met uh, President Obama. Oh, wow, man. I, I know that must have made his heart just jump for joy. Wow. Very much so. Now, when you and I were talking in the first half about these drones, and then we started talking about micro drones. But before we get into micro drones, my mind just went all of a sudden and said, you know, we need to give our kids and and everybody at least a a visual of this. Drones do more than just fly. Some of them, what, go underwater. Is that right, Ben? Yes. uh, We've had a couple of uh, customers ask for an underwater drone. 
So what that means is you fly the drone in to the target, um, you land on the surface, you submerge uh, down to about 50 to 100 feet, uh, you turn the camera on and you do underwater uh, intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance. Um, the last one was really for the shipping industry, uh, whether you wanted to examine the hulls of t- uh, tanker uh, ships to see what kind of debris was on them for maintenance. Man, that's fantastic. You did say a customer. So this is your business. So those who are listening, Ben is in business, right, Ben? So you could yes. get some you could get some clients from Silicon Valley here, right? Well, we hope so. We, we, we like to say we're the, the first African-American aerospace company uh, in the U.S. I don't know of any others. Well, Ben, if somebody wanted to reach you, uh, how could they reach you? Could you give us a couple ways that people who are listening to the show could reach you? Well, they can reach us from our website, which is airshiptg.com. That's airshipthomasgeorge.com. Man, I like that. Now, having a business, and I don't know, how long have you been in business? Because you still may be looking for, like, different stage investors to grow your business. So how long have you been in business? And tell me a little bit about your business. When it started, how you growing? Sure. We incorporated as a C-Corp back in 2014. And so at that point, we invested about $3.5 million in the business and have been growing the business ever since. Now, recently, uh, we just acquired a 29% interest in another drone company um, that has a uh, propulsion system that we consider revolutionary. Mm. Uh, We call it Drone 3.0 versus our own aircraft. We call that Drone 2.0. The Drone 3.0 is really uh, allowing an aircraft to take off vertically and land vertically. But instead of tilting up the rear rotor, uh, we actually vent the four rotors on this aircraft so that the thrust goes out the back um, exhaust of the aircraft. And so when, when it goes up and you hit the alpha drive, as we call it, kind of like a hyperdrive, um, it, it actually doubles the um, speed of the aircraft by a factor of two. Wow. I guess that's, I guess for military reasons, I guess that's really important that a drone doesn't have to come in, you know, left to right and land. It can just come in, stop, and just go straight down. I don't know about that myself. That's aeronautical well, stuff. It, it is important, especially when you don't have a lot of uh, space in which to uh, take off and land. Uh, we typically don't use runways. Uh, the, the drone takes up the physical space of its footprint, and that's what allows it to operate in very small areas. Man, you know, this whole drone technology, and we said we talk a little bit about it. You know, I was thinking about this because when we were talking about the micro drone and, you know, how it's manned, like right now, most drones are probably manned by a human. But is that true? Because I know there's artificial intelligence trying to put drones together or man drones. Can you tell us a little bit about that, whether it's manned or unmanned? And, well, uh, it, mm-hmm. it depends on the customer's use case. Uh, we do have... Uh, remote control hand remote controllers whereby you can control the uh, the flight of the drone and see the visual content of what the drone is seeing. Um, we also have the ability to pre-program the drone uh, by GPS uh, uh, points, so whereby the drone will fly to GPS point A, then to point B, and then to point C on um, its way back uh, to home. So it just depends on what the need is. Uh, and when you have long flight endurance, then you can put services up uh, that last uh, multi-hours or more multi-days. 
um, which allows those services, such as you know, border patrol or perimeter surveillance, um, or sniffing the atmosphere for uh, contraband. Man, that is so fascinating, Ben, <laughs> what you're talking about. I, I hope everybody's really getting this. This sort of drone technology, I mean, when we think about drone technology, you're probably thinking about multiple sciences and technologies that make up the drones. I would probably say some robotics is in it, right? Because it's got to be yeah, a robot. Drones are basically aerial robotics. Um, some of the autopilots are very similar to what you see on a, a ground-based um, robot. So very similar technology. Now, how do you, if drones, you know, I, I guess um, satellites really don't, you know, kind of, unless the drone is using satellites to do anything that it needs to do, how, how does the satellite and the drone sort of work hand-to-hand, if they do? Well, the, the satellite actually gives you your GPS uh, ability to have GPS coordinates that you can fly to, and that's really in the autonomous flight mode. And so without those satellites, we wouldn't have GPS. Even for our cell phones, we use GPS for um, you know, mapping and, and driving. It's the same satellites that we use for that that are used for drone technology. Problem is, if you ever have a war, first thing that the enemy's going to do is take out your satellite. <laughs> ben, that's exactly what I was going to say next. If I'm figuring this out, and if I can figure this out, not General Davis here, I know somebody else is figuring it out. What, what do you th- what do you think that we're doing to combat that? Because I'm sure the brilliant minds of Americans are saying, "Hey, we got to protect our satellites." How 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 do we protect our satellites? Well, um, you can't. It's hard to protect a satellite. Uh, you just have to put more of them up and then defend against them. But there are alternatives to navigation uh, beyond GPS, and that's with a direct line of sight. Uh, as the as the drone is flying a particular uh, or to particular area, it is mapping its course so that it knows the course to return by, and that approach doesn't require a GPS coordinate. Oh, yeah, I could see that, you know, with the screens on it, uh, somebody be sitting somewhere else remotely looking and they wouldn't necessarily need GPS. Well, you no, know, actually, the drone does it automatically. So oh. depending on how far out you're going, uh, it's actually uh, t- using one of its cameras on board to map the flight out. And then it's, it uses that same map to, to return by. Well, Ben, you know, before we get down to the last couple minutes of our program, I want to ask you, Ben, you know, when I think of your legacy, you know, how you give back to the community and give back to kids and you give back to all kids, not just African-American kids. I mean, you love all kids. Ben, you know, what what would you like to see, you know, as something that you would say, this is Ben Barry's legacy? What would that be? Well, the thing that uh, that I've always been my uh, my own upbringing is having curiosity about how do things work, uh, what how do things work in comparison um, to to a whole host of things that are available to people's career, and so with the curiosity you can do deeper thinking as to. Um, you know, how things work. And so that to me was always stimulating. Uh, it gave me my passion for creativity um, versus um, just seeing things and not even thinking how they work. Uh, everything you see in life today, every single object, was because someone had a vision of how that thing's going to work. The table, the chair, the pens that you use, the buildings that you see, 
uh, the drones that may be flying by. Those didn't exist until someone had a vision in which to produce that. And I always think about sci-fi as a kid. I used to watch, watch sci-fi, Star Trek in particular, <laughs> because sci-fi was a window into the future. If you could think about it, then you could figure out how they work and actually how to produce it. And so the things we have today, uh, think about the communicator in, in, in Star Trek. That became the cell phone of today. Mm-hmm. And there, was a point, there was a point in time where there were no cell phones. <laughs> when we were all using landlines. Mm-hmm. Well, because people had enough wherewithal and the vision to actually figure out how to make that happen. Um, we have them now. Well, so ben, that's that's one thing I tell people. Well, Ben, I love this. We're going to have to bring you on again, Ben. We're actually out of time right now, man. This has been a wonderful segment. Ben, we thank you for coming on the show. Mr. Ben Barry, the CEO of Airship Technologies Group. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected, Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 